All right, I am Haggai Davis III, along with Haggai Davis II, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Our show is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology that we like to keep topical, interesting, and digestible. We want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital, for making this possible. Cardinal Capital connects businesses to capital. It doesn't matter what business that you are in, Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of all sizes, life cycles, categories, and locations. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance current debt because of the new government programs and favorable interest rates, or finance new equipment, or maybe you're trying to acquire another business entirely, Cardinal Capital has the resources to make it happen. When lenders cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around. Contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info at cardinalcap.net and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs. So each week we take a listener question about a topic that the listener was interested in by visiting our website techgumbo.net and going to the question of the week tab to submit that question. And when we use their question, we love sending out the Tech Gumbo mug. This week is a little bit different. We're not taking a listener question. We're taking a guest question who's been on our show before. Welcome back, Don Monaster. Thank you, sir. I'm very excited to be back and talking to you guys. It's going to be an exciting segment. So the question this week is, is cybersecurity a myth? I think it is. (laughs) What leads to that conclusion? Well, first of all, what one of the things that leads me to that conclusion is that I got so many people calling me with backlash when I actually posted this blog. I didn't expect to get so many people sending me emails and and responding to our website and saying, "Hey, how can you say this?" And it was mostly industry people. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, being the CEO of a technology company, I'm one of the guys that needs to, you know, look at my customers in the face and say, yes, we absolutely can keep you secure. And one of the things that we always tell folks is that, hey, this is a journey. This is not this is not a place you ever really get to. And and trust me, if we ever got there two seconds later, we'd be on the same journey again. And I I fault our industry. You know, we spent an enormous amount of time marketing what cybersecurity what we wanted it to be as opposed to what it really truly was at that time. And, and I can, you know, I go back 35 years in this industry, so it's easy for me to remember when this became a hot topic and already the, the, the cows had left the barn and, and we were really playing catch up as to, oh my goodness, you know, nobody ever thought that the public internet and the way that we handle connectivity would ever be utilized and and taken advantage of in this in this fashion. And so we always found ourselves behind the eight ball. And so when someone says, hey, I want you to to press the secure button, I, I always say, hey, there's there's no secure button. And whatever your IT budget is, you can spend all of that on just security. And I still couldn't promise you that you're never going to have an issue with a, a a phishing campaign that someone falls for or some other type of of hack that might exist because of a vulnerability that that nobody knew about. You know, there's a reason why they call them zero day vulnerabilities. It's because 
we didn't know about them until the vulnerability was found. So it, it truly is a myth. And, and the thing that if you look at the accepted definition of cybersecurity, it's the safeguarding of digital information. And I won't go into the long definition of that. You know, if we would have called it cyber safeguarding, we'd all been good <laughs> because that really defines what we are really doing. And it takes the entire, you know, everyone involved in online computing, whether that be through the public internet or any kind of connectivity whatsoever. If you're connected to the outside world, then you have to proceed with an air of caution. And, and, and for the most part, users don't. They think they're inherently safe and they're really not. I, I say to all my folks, hey, you got to expect that you're not safe at all. I really do love this idea of reframing it from the absolute into a relative that, you know, it is not possible to guarantee someone that they will never be hacked. It is simply not. And it is not that like general informatics is not capable of it. It is that the Department of Defense is not capable of it and that they get hacked. And so if the absolute best, smartest people with all of the money in the world cannot do it, then... General Informatics, which is a very good company, can do their best, but whenever you're providing services to a company, they have to think about what is their level of acceptable risk? How much are they willing to spend? How much are they willing to back up? You know, all these questions are much more about tolerances, and that is a much, you know, harder concept for people to grasp. It's much more nuanced. It's less comforting, but I think confronting that reality is so much smarter and provides them a better framework for how to proceed. Yeah, I mean, and and as as a CEO, regardless of the industry that you're in, you really want your folks to have that 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 approach, right? If they're really approaching it as, hey, I'm 100% safe, and and hey, I'm going to do business with this guy because he's going to make me 100% safe. Well, then you're walking around with a, a an air of confidence that you really shouldn't have. And so I, you know, I use the analogy that hey, when you're driving down the road and you feel 100% safe, you got the windows rolled down and the wind's blowing in your hair and you listen to your music real loud. And if you go into a neighborhood that's maybe not so safe, you roll up your windows and you and you lock your doors and you make sure that everything's going to be okay. We never roll up our windows and lock our doors when we're online. We just rarely do that. And we're just getting to a place where users are starting to take some of the responsibility that, hey, if I'm in my email client or if I'm browsing the internet, I may want to think twice about what I click on or what I do. And and that's largely in part because we're finally getting to a place where people are starting to think, hey, maybe this is not as secure as a lot of the manufacturers want us to believe that sell us these various security appliances, et cetera. That was one of the, the the blowbacks that I got. Like I had a manufacturer call me and he's like, man, I can't believe you're, you know, you're you're saying that we're not securing our our people. I'm like, dude, it's on the news every night. I mean, I'm not saying anything that people don't know. It really comes down to the fact that the hardware alone won't do it. This has to be a teamwork effort, not just from the team at General Informatics, but the team inside of your business. You have to train your employees. Don't just click on every crappy email that looks fun. I mean, that's where the problems happen. That's where they start. And if you can just train yourself, train your employees, whether you're at home or at work, to just not be so gullible and click on every email coming through that that Nigerian prince is not really (laughs) going to send you $10 million. Yeah. 
if you start there and and then we can work on defending your network and and using the the hardware tools to to look at what's coming through the network and and try and keep up with the the bad guys that are out there because that's the only thing this industry can do is try to keep up. We're not a proactive. We're not in a place where we can stay ahead of the those who create this malware. Yeah, again, it, it surprises me that we got there. But again, I, I do blame our industry. We spoke about it, you know, many, many years ago as, hey, we can solve this problem. And the problem is not truly solvable. You know, when you have businesses that wake up every morning to exfiltrate data and sell it on the dark web. I mean, that's what they do for a living. <laughs> so that's a different uh, you know, approach than we had 10 or 11 years ago when this really became incredibly important to all of us and, and recognizing that, hey, this is a lot more involved than just putting the new appliance in your network or installing the new antivirus on your desktop or you know you have to you have to look at this again as a constant action and interaction with your people with your devices and especially when those people and devices are browsing the internet or or sending email and receiving email to various people outside your organization and i can't stress enough that having the right policies and procedures in place inside your organization can truly save your company from like imminent demise. You know, just having the right policy is is super important. It sounds like all of this requires a lot of planning, a lot of strategy. And so there's probably should be a person inside of your company who's responsible for these things. You know, is this the role of like a CISO, maybe a, a VCISO? How do they play into all of this? I would definitely say that this topic and this this focus is far too detailed and far too complex to put this on the shoulders of the chief operations officer or even the chief information officer, right? I mean, the chief information officer is really making sure that, you know, information is is available and and accessible to their their individuals and and they're doing everything that they need to do from a compliance perspective having that and the responsibility of securing that information anymore has become very, very difficult to put on one person's shoulders. So the chief information security officer has become a role that that many, many people have have chosen as that that kind of first line of defense or the way that we can start trying to accomplish as it has to do with our information and, and data security. There's just not a lot of people, Haggai, who can afford that, right? I mean, they're not inexpensive resources. And that is one of our services at General Informatics is we have basically what I would call a fractional CISO. You can have a virtual CISO that meets with your board, that meets with your IT leadership and sets the strategy around how we're going to create our overall risk program and what does our risk posture look like. And then once we establish those as kind of a baseline Okay, now what do we need to do from a from a tactical and execution perspective so that we feel like we're putting our best foot forward? And again, not that we're pressing the safe button and we're all safe. We're just reducing the propensity of potentially having data exfiltrated or some sort of ransomware event and making sure that we're doing that in an economical and efficient manner. Because like I said, man, I could spend all of their money on security and, and never really put you in that place where you feel like I'm 100% safe. 
And it's not like the days of old when the first person in the in the at the company who knew how to turn on a computer became the the CIO or the CTO. This the the CISO really takes a lot of training. This is somebody who really has to know what's going on and can pull back the lid, break down the code, and get deep, deep, deep into the weeds. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I would say that there's been a number. Obviously, there's PhD programs for information security, but I've I've talked to a number of people who have gone through the certification process, whether it be through other associations or other manufacturers, and and they have the equivalent of a PhD. You know, these guys and gals are are so hyper focused on what is happening around information management and information security that that it's just difficult to be focused on any other part of the business. And as a CEO, Haggai, you know, when I first got here to General Informatics, there was a lot of responsibility around, hey, what are we doing from an, an overall information security strategy? And so the first thing I did was I got to go find that that CISO who can who can do that and 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 take that responsibility off my shoulders. I used to be an information security officer, but I can't be the CEO and the CISO at the same time. And so while I have the experience and I have the knowledge, I can't do both. You know, I can't throw I can't be the quarterback and throw the ball and be the wide receiver and catch it, too. <laughs> yeah, but not enough time in the day. And you right. have talents, but you're just not that good. That's exactly right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to be that good, Haggai. <laughs> right. I mean, you can you can be great at one or great at the other, but you can't be great at both. And and That's so, right. and I'm excited the fact that we have uh, you know Aaron on our team now. We have somebody who is our CISO who is unbelievably talented, incredibly smart. And he can be that VCISO for businesses out there who need that level of of leadership. Well, and and you know, Haggai, that brings me to a point, like the one thing that I didn't do when I was going through my security training, and I won't talk about how long ago that was and how irrelevant it is now, (laughs) but, but the thing that he did is he went through a number of ethical hacking classes and, and they were, they were forced to think like a hacker and you know, he would come up with ideas and I'm like, dude, I don't like that scares the heck out of me, you know, and we were talking about this earlier today, the, the question about about firewalls, old firewalls and old routers being utilized to grab data and and uh, and using that against the, the company that may have forgotten to set it back to factory right. settings. Right. Yes. Yeah, the I have some friends who are getting their PhDs and they talk with those ethical hacking classes and just. You know, one of them is make your way, you know, past the security guard and you can't flash your actual ID. And so just the things like, okay, it it makes a noise whenever you beep your badge. And so one of the guys just recorded the noise and walked by and played the noise beeping. And just all of those things that like, whenever you think about it, you're like, man, that is just, it's so clever, but it also, it, it makes you think about all of the places wherever we feel secure because there's some layer there but the actual security involved, the safeguarding involved, it takes people who have thought through all of those things and can say, oh, you know, this looks good, but let me actually pull back the layers and say, here's where you could be vulnerable, even though it looks like on the surface you're protected. Yeah, it, it's like, again, knowing how they think. And again, 
we have to think that way in order to protect folks. And I will tell you this, in, in my, my past employment, I, I used to be the president of, of a company called TechLinks, and, and we had our own ethical hacking group that would go out and, and do not just pen testing, but actually test their approach to security. And we could see if we could either infiltrate them socially or infiltrate them electronically. And we have never we had never been in a contract that we did not exfiltrate data at, you know, I mean, a hundred percent. There was one time we thought we might not get it done because you usually have a, a certain amount of time. And typically we would use 10 days as that time that we felt like usually now the problem with hackers is they got forever. They, you know, they, they can use however much time they want, but if they find that you're safeguarding on most of the easy things, they may move on. Right. Unless you're just a target for some other reason. But I've, I've heard so many in just crazy and incredible stories about how they ended up getting information. It's amazing. But that's 10 days is two business weeks. That's not <laughs> right. a long time. Not, and so no, it's not. that's a, a blink for most companies. And to say that's enough time to get out meaningful, valuable data from nothing to walking out the front door. That really shows how much work is left to do here. Yeah, we, we had a, a and, and I'll just say it was a West Coast company, and we had a contract that said we would only gain the information from the web to use to, to against them to try to infiltrate their network. And so we went through, of course, those normal sites, LinkedIn, Google, went onto their website to see information about the organization. And we found the chief marketing officer had just won an award and we found out there were 11 other people that reported directly to the CEO. And one of them was the chief risk officer, which you might imagine is there. And so we had all their names and all that. And so we were able to guess their email structure, send an email, but we created a Gmail account using the risk officer's first and last name. So like if it was Rick Jones, it was rickjones at gmail.com. And we sent this email and, and I'll read this because I, I have it right here. It says, hey, totally embarrassed that I'm emailing you from my Gmail account, but I don't even want to use my work account right now. It, uh, IT just called me and said my creds, your creds, Denny and Barb's creds are all on the dark web. I'm collecting everybody's username and password so they, that I can get IT to see what other accounts you may have used as password for and to reset your current one. Just send me your username in this email thread and text the password to the cyber insurance guy. Don't send it in one thread. Just text it to this number. And she texted it to that number immediately. And wow. it just, it took us 20 minutes. And it's amazing how it just takes a little bit of information and, and thinking in a different way. And you'll be surprised at how quickly people will give you information. That's <laughs> so Don, both of these things, the the why you need a VCISO and is uh, cybersecurity a myth, they're both blogs. They're on General Informatics website. Tell us how we can get that. Yes, you can go to geninf.com and you can see in the menu item where we have the get social menu item and all of the information, our blogs, our videos, all that is right there. And feel free to, to peruse. And if you have any questions or you see something that you don't quite get, you can always contact us directly at General Informatics or you can just send me an email at donm at geninf.com. And I can tell you, Don reads his emails. 
he does yes, respond to his emails. <laughs> you might right. get you might get back at two in the morning, but I mean, he will respond to you. That's and he's true. also not sending out any secure passwords via email <laughs> That's either. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, Don, thank you for joining us again here on Tech Gumbo. Always love having you. Uh, I've enjoyed it, Haggai. I really appreciate you guys inviting me again. And we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission. And that mission is to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed services provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers from Texas to the Carolinas. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through the continuous use of innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strength. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need new IT services, new technology, or you just have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, we're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4, and the show will rerun Sunday at 4. If you missed any part of our show, or you would like to hear any of the previous episodes, check out our podcast, which is available on most every platform, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, Overcast, Player FM, and more. And when you're there, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified every time a new episode is posted. If you like our show, if you have some suggestions or want to submit a question, let us know by visiting our website, techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.